I realized something recently, and that's that if you really, really want to be entertained, take a whole bunch of priests and then put them in an escape room together. <laughs> For those of you that might not know what an escape room is, you go to this venue, to this place, you give people your money, and then they lock you in a room with your friends or your enemies, which you really find out that they are. And then in this room is all kind of, there's a scene, there's some type of theme, there's puzzles and clues you have to find and slowly work your way through the puzzle to solve the crime, the scene, whatever it is, and then let yourself out of the room. And if you don't make it out within a certain amount of time, they come and unlock it. You have to hold an I'm a loser sign or something like that, take a picture. We didn't have to do that. But what ended up happening is all these priests are in this escape room for some fraternity and community building and ended up just we wanted to hurt each other by the end of it we can laugh about it at this point after a year has passed but we get in there and the very first step that we have to do is to unlock this door find the key somewhere hidden in this room unlock a door and within that secondary room are all the clues and all the things the puzzles that we needed to put together to continue so we start looking all over the place. We're looking in handbags and suitcases. There's boxes and boxes, and we're not finding it. So we're getting frustrated, yelling at each other. The poor people watching it from the hidden cameras and listening to our conversation probably had no idea what was going on. And then finally, we found the key. It wasn't in any of the hidden bags. It wasn't in any of the boxes. Where was it? It was right next to the door that we had to unlock in a box conveniently labeled key. <laughs> we spent, well, we wasted 10 minutes trying to get creative and look for the hidden clues and all that stuff. And we should have just opened the box on the wall that said key in it, taken the key out, and we would have done much better. We learned that for the next time when we kept going and going, we solved the, the problem and we all celebrate. We turned to the door waiting for it to open and then there's a door behind us we didn't even know existed into a second room that we had to work through. And then we go into that room, still a little bit frustrated, but we knew how to play this whole game. Now when we talk about it, it's kind of relating to a spiritual reality too, that we tend to look for all these creative and big hidden ways of finding God, of encountering God, of knowing God, hearing God's voice or something of the like. And we tend to overlook all of the small details in life that really make us holy, that help us to cultivate virtue and to become people of the church, the people that we're called to become, the people that we are. A lot of times I think we can be like the dishonest steward in the gospel today. We can try to be humble enough to realize I can't do this on my own, but then we start to look for all types of loopholes. He knows he's in trouble. He knows he's in debt. He knows that he's going, to take his, his, he's going to have his job taken from him. He knows all of that, and so he tries to find a loophole. What can I do to release myself from this? I know I'll be merciful to some other people. I'll show my master that I'm really not all that bad. We try to find loopholes. We try to get creative. We try to find hidden clues when God is right in front of us going, no, here I am. You just have to be humble enough to see me. Because the reality is that there are no loopholes. There's no loopholes when it comes to our intimacy with the Lord. There's no loopholes in having a relationship with Him. Just like there's no loopholes for any of you who are in a relationship or married, you don't get to just say hello once or twice and then, okay, see you a year from now at the altar, we'll get married. 
There's an authentic part of relationship, of communion, that we can't skip over. But it's found in the small, mundane things. Students, be good stewards of your time. Study. I know you might not want to, but that's your path to holiness because it's a dedication of something bigger than yourself. Husbands and wives, go on a date from time to time. It's a small gesture of love, a small act of committing yourself to something that deepens this love between the two of you. That's how you become holy. Moms and dads, get up in the middle of the night to tend to your child. If they're screaming, if they're hungry. Little moments of mundane things that we tend to overlook and take for granted so often. That's where virtue is found. That's where heroic virtue is found. We think of some of the saints like St. Therese, St. Andre Bizet. Their small way of interactions with other people, of interactions with the Lord, small, mundane, everyday actions is how they cultivated holiness. And it's no different for us. There's a certain reality, though, that we have to store up treasure in heaven. I have this app on my phone that somebody introduced me for, and it gives a very small discount at like gas stations or so. So every time I fill up when I'm on the road all the time, little by little, this bank account, I guess you could say, of money that's given, coming back to me. Over the past year, I've saved up, I think, $62. Now I'm a priest. We don't get a ton of money in our salary. So $62 is a lot to me. It might have taken a whole year. I might only contribute to it maybe 12 or 20 cents at a time. But storing up treasure in the long run in small increments and little things builds up a massive treasure, something that makes a difference. Again, without any loopholes, starting small, being basic in what we expect of God. Because all too often we approach the Lord when we need something, we approach the Lord when we want something, when something has fallen apart. But simply giving him 30 seconds out of the day to say, Lord, today is a good day. Maybe today's not so good a day, but thank you for the gift of life today anyway. He freely receives that gift and you will be blessed abundantly. Jesus likes to do this thing where he multiplies. He multiplied the loaves. He multiplied the fishes. He multiplied the crowds that followed him because he spoke with truth and conviction and he was faithful to God in the small things of simply healing this person, meeting this one where they were at, calling the apostles by name, and trusting that in doing those small things, the church would be formed and the earth would change. The commission is the same for us. Be faithful in small things. Don't look for the loopholes. Don't look for the massive signs in the sky. Don't try to get creative. Don't look at other people and say, oh, he or she is so holy and so pious and they're so gifted. Are you not gifted? Can you not become holy? Are you incapable of that? By yourself, absolutely. But in turning to the Lord, in being a prudent steward, but also a faithful, honest, and true steward, then you see your gifts. Then you see the beauty of who you are as a beloved son, daughter of God Most High. Then you start to become truly alive and you set the world on fire. So no, there are no loopholes, unfortunately. We have to do the hard work, the tedious work, the work of commitment and dedication to be holy, to be saints, 
but it is entirely possible. And as always, my famous catchphrase, it all starts here, at this very altar, where in just a few moments, heaven kisses earth. The angels descend upon the altar and bring our prayers back to the throne of God Almighty. We don't see that happen, but it's a small gesture of our love to dedicate one hour of our week to God, to put him first. And when he's at the top, everything else falls into place. There's a reason God puts that first commandment, number one. Have nothing else beside me. Put me first. Keep me first. I want your love. I want your affection. And I want to give you mine in return. There's no loopholes around that. There's no cheating the system. We have to start small. See God in the little mundane things in life. Because if you're faithful in those, Jesus says, you'll be faithful in the large things. When you're true and honest in the small, everyday stuff of life, then you're great. Then you're holy. Then you're a faithful and prudent steward. And at the end of your life, once you cultivate that virtue and you become holy, you stand before your judgment and you hear those words yet again, one final time from the mouth of our Lord himself. Well done, well done, good and faithful steward. Enter now into your Father's rest. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.